Hi, I'm Akko. And I'm Marcy. And welcome back to the Color Pages Book Club. That's right, it's a bi-weekly podcast that focuses on fiction, fantasy, and magical realism written by writers from colorful backgrounds. Uh, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. A colorful background. And... Today, you know, it's a little, well, actually at this moment, I don't know if it's still October or, ooh, yikes, you probably know that, but um, Halloween adjacent, you know, whatever moment going on <laughs> taking place. And we're going to be finishing the second half of Yangtze Chu's haunting ghost story, The Ghost Bride. And um, it's kind of, I know we say like, it's kind of wild, like in like every part two, but like, I <laughs> I just feel like this shit is also other shit. We'll talk about it. I But I am excited. Yeah, there's definitely some twists and turns. Huh. Yeah. Maybe it's November now or whatever. Maybe you guys are like eating your candy and you're like uh what a successful halloween mm. and you're like let me listen to this episode and get spooked out Ooh. anyway um <laughs> before we get to this <laughs> like, the i just imagine there. someone literally being like so ready to be spooked out color pages and i'm like honey you're gonna be disappointed disappointed but um yeah you might be you know moderately invested but maybe not spooked out entirely oh right. it's a creepy book i feel like if you actually read it or something it might be okay anyway i yeah. have a <laughs> question oh lovely what is your question Okay, in this book, the main character slash ghost, ghost in general, actually, can just travel into people's dreams. So, if you could travel into people's dreams, whose dream would you go into and what would you do? Oh, my God. That's a really interesting question. Um... I feel like this is such an interesting question because I, I like I, I feel like for the most part, I mean, everyone is like deeply complex in ways that I can barely comprehend. And, you know, these mm. including people who I spend a lot of time with. That being said, though, I will say for most of my like, I guess, closer friends or peers, I feel like there tends to be like there's a level of vulnerability that like we share with one another that makes me know that like okay like even if i don't know like the full 100 percent of your experience like i feel like you're giving me what's going on for the most part so mm-hmm. i feel like i would probably want to use i think i would actually go into my parents dreams oh just because i feel like i don't know sometimes with them i both of them really my mom and my dad i feel like sometimes i wish that the i guess like the there was a bit more openness in our relationship mm. a bit more vulnerability and so i think i think especially with my dad i think it'd be an interesting opportunity to just, to just kind of see like okay what is like in your subconscious like how do you like think of shit what is like what are your actual feelings on like xyz thing so i'm not sure if i would like go into like manipulate the dream or like make some like wild shit happen but like i feel like i would just go just to kind of like be like a dandelion while i don't know like my dad's just going down a stroll just to kind of like see like what's like like what do you like what do you dream about like what do you like what do you hope for what do you think about like i don't know like what's like going on in your mind because sometimes it can be a little like not necessarily hard to read but like i i feel like he he can put on a lot of faces sometimes and so Mm. it's interesting to like i feel like it'd be interesting to just be like okay like what is what is the truth 
of the matter here. What's going on here? So, mm. yeah, likely my parents. Um, not a response I thought I would give, but yeah, I feel like that's probably who I would focus on. Priority being to my dad, but but also with my mom as well. Um, wow. But yeah, what about you? That was so deep, Marcy. I was like, yeah, how interesting would it be to just observe other people's dreams and what could you learn mm. by watching what goes on in someone else's subconscious? Yeah. Not at all what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, like, far more, like... um you know, like honest thinking and like loving and like seeking to understand and have better connections with people. Akko was like, I would just cause a fucking mess. I'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> I go into your dreams. I'd be like messing stuff up, changing the walls, like throwing things into the air, taking the sun out of the sky, throwing it on the ground. <laughs> You're like, like the oh, grass you becomes. Your a Sorry, different color yeah it turns into lollipops or something oh my god they're like oh man i thought my dream was weird before akko showed up but now it's wild like i feel like okay this is gonna sound wild but i feel like if i could i would be like this person who just like goes into people's dreams and then like causes chaos and then the people would wake up and they'd be like oh yeah that's like akko the like chaos dream person and they're like <laughs> be folklore about me and then like you know they'd be like they'd be like good night sleep tight don't let Akko come and mess up your dreams tonight <laughs> or like you know you'd like wake up and you'd be like huh I think I think Akko visited me last night and you know right. that's how you would describe like a really wild dream but maybe somewhere like deep inside there when like I felt like someone was struggling or there was a nightmare I would like give some insight into life or some comfort um, but typically mm. I think I would just wreak havoc and cause a mess yeah I love that a lot because I'm also just thinking about like, <laughs> since it's a dream, you can like change your appearance. So like no one can really clock that it's you. It's like, no. okay, in one dream, I'm a snake. And in another dream, I'm like, exactly. I don't know, like 70 years old. Like it's like no one's going to, you know, like, you can't really, really be like, I can be anything. I can literally do and be anything. So be any, exactly. And I feel like, I don't know. I feel like it would add this element of fun to dreams. Like mm -hmm. if you imagine you like go to sleep, I, I wouldn't do any, you know, I, I don't love nightmares myself, so I'm not going to be nice nightmarish. Mm -hmm. But it would be kind of fun for you to enter a dream and just have it like go haywire. Like, mm -hmm. you know, it, I think there's something almost freeing about that. And you like wake up and you're like, what what just happened? Right. Um, yeah, there's something adventurous about it, baby. So it would be kind I of like a reprieve. I think especially if, too, if the person was having a hard time in real life, I would mm. in particular want to make a dream that's like very fun and exciting for them. Mm. That being said, I don't know why I turned into a god in this question because <laughs> I feel like, <laughs> where did I get these superpowers from? Like, but yeah. I mean, it sounds like you wouldn't necessarily be like terror. Well, I guess it depends on the person, but like, I, I don't see that as like terrorizing. I just see it as like, very wild and like maybe inconvenient at best but also too girl you're having a dream like who cares you know what i mean like okay so what if like you're in a meadow and then all the grass turns into banana peels you know what i mean like whatever like it's just it is what it is we're here we love to see it if the sun is yeah. shining red like it is what it is it's fine it is what it is but also i feel like to be fair like what if you could like you know how people do like dream therapy or something like what mm -hmm. if you were 
maybe this is a bug. But what if you're like a psychiatrist or something? Now, but maybe you're evil. Anyway, let me finish the plot. What if you're a psychiatrist <laughs> or something who can like go into people's dreams, you know? And then like, mm-hmm. kind of like you were saying, except not with like a, a relative and like really get to like use dreams to figure out what's ailing someone. And then, like, you could help them even in the dream. Like, Inception, but not for, like, capitalist gains, but to actually help someone. But then (laughs) you could be evil. And then. Right. Hmm. So interesting. Yeah. I love that. Damn, now I want to, like, shake up my response. But I already said it, so whatever. Hell, you can add a part two. I feel like I said 18 different things. Um... But see, now yeah, I just, basically, I just want to do what you just said. That sounds like hella fun. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I can like... We could go together. Be like an apprentice and be like... It's like, okay, it wasn't... Like someone describes a dream. And it's like, mm, I want to describe it as like an aqua dream. Maybe like a Marcy tier type dream. Like it wasn't like <laughs> as chaotic. Um, So yeah, something like that could just be... Could be fun. But yeah. And can you imagine like you're sitting there like having a deep conversation with your father and I roll up and I'm like... Hey Marcy, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my chaos. god, are you fucking? It's like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, like Akko, honest time and place, like, please, like, oh, like literally any other time. <laughs> it's just like, can you not? You like oh, put god. your tea down and you're like, Akko, inappropriate. <laughs> right, and then like butterfingers just start raining from the sky, and I'm like, God damn it, Akko. But okay, it's fine. <laughs> Next time, tomorrow, I'll come back as I'm I don't dead. know a platypus in my dad's dream. <laughs> so. Uh, but yes anyway so listener whatever what would you do if you could traverse someone's dreams let us know or don't you know (laughs) (laughs) do what you like um but yeah i think we're gonna take a break Mm -hmm. but if you see akko in your dreams at night you know what happened right (laughs) (laughs) Um, we're gonna take a break and when we come back we're gonna get into the summary for the Ghost Bride, part two. Yes, see you on a bit. And we're back. Woo. Yes, so let us get into part two of The Ghost Bride. If you all remember... Part one ended when um, Finn and Lilan went into the Plains of the Dead and they like saw these like pterodactyls and it was terrifying. So now <laughs> we're just going to like move. Patrols like bird beast guard things. Yes. Creatures. Yes. Not just dinosaur birds. Um, so yeah. So <laughs> basically not? also that. I mean, shit, it's the afterlife. So hopping in with, with basically immediately what happens next. So essentially... You know, we learned that, like, you know, Fan had been, like, basically just munching and crunching on the life energy of her <laughs> lover, which is hella illegal, literally it's in so every illegal. place. But, um, yeah, that's that's a mess. And that'll certainly come back to haunt her. But regardless, so Lilan and Fan eventually make it to, I guess, quote unquote, Malacca. Essentially, like, it's basically like the Plains of the Dead version of where they used to live. And Fan's like, okay, cool, cool, cool. You know, we're in Malacca. You know, I'm just going to do my thing. Chill, whatever, whatever. See the girls. Lilan, if you want to link up in like 10 days and then head back, that would be cute. And Lilan's like, okay, cool. That's enough time for me to do a number of things. But Fan is like, I will leave you, by the way. Like, it's 10 days. So be Right. She's like, not, not, not a second more. If you are not here, I will leave, period. And Lilan's like, okay, seems a little ominous, but okay, right. good to know. 
So... Lilan's going, so they split up. Lilan's going through Malacca. You know, she's kind of seeing that, like, okay, some areas that were like maybe more run down and like not Plains of the Dead version of Malacca are like more thriving here. So just seeing some kind of like, you know, swaying of, 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 of things. Now, she figures that she might head to the Lim household just because she wants to. Well, is, at this point, is it to gather evidence against Lim Tianqing? Is that. Yeah. Was that so the that pol- she can okay. get back cool. into her body? Basically. Yeah. So she's like, okay, if I can gather some evidence against Lim Tian Cheng, I can like get back into my body and like prove that he's like hella corrupt because he is. But then she's like, but what if I went to my house first? Because, you know, I do want to see my mom. I would like to kind of reconnect with her. I haven't really, Mm -hmm. I didn't really get to know her. So this could be a really good opportunity. So she goes to her old house and it's basically like three homes in one. Um, Sorry, we should explain. Like in the afterlife they're in quote-unquote or in the planes of the dead they're in quote-unquote malacca but it's just in the collective illusion of everything the spirits remember and then also what people burn so like time space doesn't matter so if someone like burns a house for one person and the same person and they both lived on that property or a different person and they both lived on that property the houses are kind of both occupying the same place in space time even though technically that makes no sense so it's like this weird illusion that's like funky and kind of creepy and then like places that in malacca were like run down or haunted might be beautiful and luxurious here which is like oh that kind of makes sense like you know like a creepy forest might be full of spirits because in the afterlife they're like partying and like drinking coffee and talking about art Mm. you know anyway right No, that's helpful context. And also, too, it's important to note that time also, I mean, in the same relation, right? Like, time isn't necessarily linear. That, like, three seconds in, like, Planes of the Dead Malacca could be, like, I don't know, like, really, really long in, like, the above time. I think usually it's, it's usually tends to be slower. Like, time tends to go, like, weeks in the Planes will be, like, a minute in, like, not the Planes. But, like... Sometimes not. it, It does kind of fluctuate a little bit. So, it's just all very fickle. So anyway, so Lilan gets to her old house slash houses and she finds that living there is not her mom, but actually her, is it paternal grandfather? I think I think it's her paternal grandfather. Yeah, so her paternal grandfather's third concubine. So I'm going to provide some context here. It's, it can, I'm going to try to just explain it a little bit slowly because like there's a lot, a lot of movie (laughs) parts. So we learn that the third, that Lilan's grandfather's third concubine (laughs) lived a pretty (laughs) tragic life so we learned that so though she like you know was like a concubine to i guess the grandfather like she's essentially she was around like lilan's mom's age so they're like basically the same generation and we learn that she you know back in the day actually had a lover um i'm talking about the concubine not lilan's mother so we, we learned that back in the day you know she she had a lover who got her pregnant basically and like she wanted to, you know, be with the like with her lover and all of that, but like the lover was actually really into Lilan's mom and not her, largely because Lilan's mom had more of like a higher social standing and all of that. Lilan's mom was like not really pressed about him like at all. She was like, uh, like no. So <laughs> basically she rejects him. And so the lover ends up marrying Lilan's mom's cousin. Again, I'm trying to like say it slowly because it's a lot of moving <laughs> parts. So marries the cousin. So basically, at this point, the 
the the woman that becomes like the third concubine to the to the grandfather actually finds that she's really into Lilan's dad and she wants to like secure her position in the family by like having a son like with him but like the dad i mean not no surprise is like really into Lilan's mom instead so the concub- so the third concubine is like girl like everybody i'm trying to be break. with like Lilan's mom is just like fucking it up for me granted she didn't call her Lilan's mom because like Lilan didn't exist yet but you know she's like Lilan's mama is fucking this up for me girl I'm annoyed as fuck so one day she was just like and and, and you know obviously Lilan's mom and dad like end up go, like getting together and so basically um you know the the third concubine gets like super pissed she's like I'm so fucking mad like Lilan's mom is literally ruining my ruining my life so one day they like all are weird like I don't know how this happened but basically like they all ran into each other like <laughs> Right, right. For plot like, convenience or something. Right. I don't know how the fuck. Like, did y'all go to brunch together? Like, whatever. Basically, they were all in a staircase together. And they just, like, get to scrap in. Largely, the, the, the third concubine is like, look, like, she's ruining my life. Like, I'm tired of her. Like, you know, basically, they just get to boxing. A whole scuffle, like, plays out between the three. And somehow, some way, the... Th- this is not funny the third concubine ends up falling down the stairs and breaking her neck so that's how she died it sounds like she Um, lunged for Lilan and then the father like got in between them but then she lost her balance and fell down the stairs and broke her neck mm, that's what it sounds like she she lunged at her at Lilan's mom yeah who was holding Um, Lilan at the time Oh, really? Oh, I didn't even know that. Because mm-hmm. she was jealous because she had a baby, but her lover had made her mm-hmm. abort her baby, and then she couldn't have another one because she was married to grandpa, grandpa, I'm rich and don't care about anything. And so she was like, I am really upset and jealous, and right. life is unfair in this patriarchal system. Pits women against each other. Okay, sorry, continue. Also, real quick, do we know her name? No. Nope. Because I feel weird just calling her the third kind. Con- okay, well, uh, well. <laughs> Okay, well, um, yeah, so thank you for that very important plot detail, Akko. So, you know, so she dies, the, the third concubine. She's super pissed. And she's like, okay, how can I literally bring a pox upon their family? And she's like, oh, wait, yeah. I can actually take my spirit energy in the planes of the dead and um, use that to basically put, literally put, bring a pox to their bring family. A, yeah. Um, which is the same smallpox that killed Lilan's mother, that scarred her father, and that left Lilan in a fairly vulnerable state for a little bit. But we'll, we'll actually circle back to that in a little bit. So we learn that, like, this is what ha- what's happening. And then the third concubine tells Lilan, she's like, yeah, and your mother's, like, the actual worst. She's fake as fuck. And, like, she's like, guess who she went to the moment she went to the Plains of the Dead? And then Lilan was like, I'm sorry, you literally just told me that you killed my mama, basically. And I was supposed to... <laughs> not swing on you like i don't know how that's supposed to happen next but basically she's like where did she go and she's like she went to the limb household because she wanted to be with my lover the whole time yep my lover Mm -hmm. always trying to spite me (laughs) praying for my downfall and leanlon's like i feel like my mama's not really that you seem real pressed Pressed. i feel like my mama is not (laughs) really that pressed about about you you, but you know cute for you i suppose so leanlon's like well shit did we mention like when she first got to the plane she ran into this like creepy old man who was asking a lot of questions i forgot about that part oh yeah see see ago is literally filling in the blanks yeah so um correct so (laughs) actually that might have happened on her way to the limb household regardless basically after this interaction or before it doesn't really matter no she has this weird interaction with this like older creepy guy who i forgot i forgot what they talked about but it was like super weird and she ended up telling him like she like made up a story about like how she's in the planes of the dead because she had a lover, but then she was asking about like the border officials and yeah, stuff, just and trying corruption. to like learn more about the lay of 
the land, the lay of the land or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's going to come up later. So just put a pin in that. So basically, um, this is all happening. She's like, well, shit. Like, I mean, I was going to go to the Lim Mansion any goddamn way. So if my mama's there, bet. Two for one special. So <laughs> she heads there and she basically manages to like finagle and finesse her way into becoming like a server slash cook for the household. Really quick explanation here. In, in the household, there are these creatures called puppet servants. They're basically like... Sort of these little like paper dolls that people burn as like offerings and not the afterlife. Um, so in the afterlife, they show up as like basic mannequins is kind of the easiest way I can describe. Yeah, them. But, like, or if you've these, ever like, seen sentient- Howl's Moving Castle, you know that like little scarecrow creature that goes everywhere but that doesn't talk. I think it's kind of like that. Mm. Unless you've never seen Howl's Moving Castle, and then mannequins is probably your best description. Although it's a little creepy, but there you go. Yeah unsettling regardless mm-hmm. um so yeah so Leland's like okay bet i'm a cook i'm a server like i can like peep what's going on in the limb household hopefully i can sneak off and like gather receipts and evidence mm-hmm. and then take down limb tian Cheng and make yes. it to my body and see my mama and i'm like Leland, that's a lot they mm-hmm. said you had 10 days but okay so let's go off <laughs> so also real quick this is like isn't really that important but just like an interesting fact like when so there are cooks in in the household but like the food situation is really weird because like like, for example, they'll be chopping meat or, like, they'll kill an animal, but, like, it doesn't bleed. Like, it's it's kind of for show. Like, the, the, yeah. there's no... Like, the food doesn't really have substance, so you have to, like, season it, like, a shit ton to have any semblance of flavor. Mm-hmm. It's mainly for show of, like, opulence, which I think is, like, a greater metaphor. But, yeah, just something I just wanted to call out. Anyway, so Lilan's basically on, like, I don't know, like, Top Chef or whatever, and she <laughs> learns that in the household, there are essentially, I guess, two masters of the house, so to speak. Those being Lim Tian Ching and his great uncle. Fun fact, the great uncle was the was the same lover that the third concubine was talking about. Yep, yep. Just figured I'd just throw that in. So, um, so yeah. Oh, we and we also learned too that the judges of hell, who apparently don't do shit and are super corrupt, like they don't love ghost marriages. So like the fact that like Lim Tian Ching is getting away with these shenanigans is not a good sign. Shows that he has he has some kind of corruption going exactly. on. Exactly. So so yeah, also too, again, I, I, I'm sure you're only like, girl, well, how much happened in this <laughs> in, the, in the kitchen? But like, we also learned too that there's also, there's a woman that usually actually helps out the steward in the kitchen who is like bedridden at the moment because like there's a second wife of the Lim household who like burned her. Um, Like she like made, like the, the person that helps like made some soup and like the second wife hated it. And so she like poured it all over her and it like burned her and She's shit. She's the worst. So yikes. So it's just like a lot going on. So that's kind of like the context. Lilan actually ends up meeting the the person that usually helps the the steward in the kitchen, and like she's like, "Oh yeah, girl, I'm gonna like be back in a couple days. Like I should be fine." Put a pin in her. Also later, and they call her Auntie Three. Like everyone when they're working in other people's houses, they don't use their real names because they don't want. By the way, the reason that ghosts are working because you think why are ghosts working is because you can like burn offerings, but maybe someone doesn't burn enough and like maybe you want to stay longer. So like the opulent houses that have lots of offerings will like hire ghosts to basically capitalism and labor mm-hmm. in the afterlife. But they to like they don't want their families. They they want to like preserve the memory of them as like how their family remember them. So they typically don't use real names. So. This mm-hmm. woman is called like Auntie Three, and the cook guy who takes 
Lilan N is like, yeah, we don't do real names out here. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, for context. Definitely, definitely. So um, so yeah, so Auntie Three is is her name. So Lilan, Auntie Three, the steward, the uh, weird puppet servants are all like <laughs> kicking. And then a couple days later, um, there's like a whole party. And so the steward's like, oh my God, like we need a we need a server. There's like super important people here. Like, what are we gonna do? Like, oh my God. And Lilan's like, wait, this may be my chance. So she's like, I'll help. So she goes into the room and she sees that um, at the table are a bunch of like ox-headed demons, which, yikes. Um, and also we see it's like um, Lim Tianqing's like great uncle in the second wife, as well as like the old guy from earlier and, and some other people. And so Lilan's like, oh, this is a group of motherfuckers I ain't really trying to get seen by. So she's trying to like keep it cute, whatever, whatever. There's like a weird puppet servant that's like, boop, 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 la, 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 like just like weirdly noodling its way throughout the room and like bumps into one of the ox-headed demons. And so the ox-headed demon in retaliation bites their arm off. And I'm like, so much. So, and, and so like the steward's like, Lilan, Lilan, grab the fucking arm, girl, what are you doing? And then Lilan's like, oh, I ain't really trying to get that close. Also in a severed arm, like that's not really. And then he's like, I'm going to need you. And she's like, oh, fine. So she like runs over, tries to grab the arm, um, like surreptitiously. But then like the, the weird guy from earlier, the old guy, that was super creepy, like stops her. So it turns out his name is Master Ayang. And he, he like catches her and he's like, wait, what are you doing here? Why are you working here? You told me you like had a lover. What's going on? Like, I feel like you're lying. What's going on? And Leland's like, oh my God, please. Like, I'm really just trying to like, get. and then he's like, nope, nope. Stop the whole fucking party. Everybody, we need to interrogate <laughs> Leland. And he's like, and she's like, are you fucking ki- bro? Like, so now everyone's looking at her. Everyone's gagging. Everyone's right. like, oh my God, what's going on? Someone has like, it was eating soup. Like the spoon is still in their hand. They haven't put it in their right. mouth. Right. <laughs> their mouth. And so Master, <laughs> so literally she's like, I just want to. And meanwhile, the puppet servant's like doing the worm across the room. Like just like literally being annoying as fuck. She's like, bitch, how the fuck did I end up in this situation? So they're like, Leelon ass is a damn spy. And I'm like, I don't know how we got there, but we're here. Well, she was, because she was, she had been asking about the corruption and Master Awang's like, well, why would she be asking those questions unless she was a <gasps> spy? Which she kind of is right. a spy, to be honest with you. And she's not doing like a great slick. job. Like you know. Right. Like, doing poorly. But, mm, like, is low-key a spy. So, um... Anyway, so, of course, this house has a dungeon. So they throw her in. Right, of And course. they're like... <laughs> They're like, so we're going to come back and interrogate you, like, best of luck, Lilan, <laughs> as they, like, twirl their mustaches and, like, laugh maniacally walking away. And she's like, um. She thinks the woman's her mom, the second wife, who's yes. basically also betraying her along with Master Awang and the great uncle of Tian Ching, who's also awful. She thinks that's her mother. So she's like, wow, I came to the afterlife to see my mom. And apparently she's the capital W worst. So Right. The actual worst. Because um, you, I guess there was like a little bit of physical resemblance. So she was like, mm-hmm. this has to be my mom. Like, how is she not clocking this? So uh, did, uh, anyway, continue. <laughs> yeah. So it's like a whole mess. So Lilan's like in the dungeon. Um, she's like freaking the fuck out. There's like a puppet servant that's like guarding the door of the dungeon, which like I just feel like that was just generally a bad idea. Like why the put whatever. Yeah. So anyway, Lilan's like, oh my god, how am I gonna get out? What's gonna happen? And so she like realizes that two things. First of all, there's a window in the dungeon, so mm-hmm. like if she could like pry her way through, she can get out. Two Erlang from earlier actually left her a scale, and he was like, if ever you need the scale, just blow on it, and I'll come. And she's like. Well, shit, I feel like I kind of need them. So she blows on the scale. 
and she's like, you know, also freaking out because she's like, oh my god, I have to get back to fan. Like, holy fuck! Like, how long have I even been oh, here? Yeah. Also, my body is deteriorating. Right. <laughs> like, what is happening? So eventually, Erlang eventually comes through. Um, so he, so Lilan was like actually like carving her way out from the window, and Erlang just like showed up outside the window, like, hey sis, what's going on? <laughs> and that's like a trend with Erlang. Like, he'll just show up in these really dire situations, like not like just weirdly lackadaisical about the whole thing. And Truly, she's like, Girl, I need you to help me. And he explains that like oh like being in the plains of the dead is hard because like it takes up a lot of qui and like it's just very chi. it's just difficult oh chi sorry mm. so so he's like explaining that and she's like okay cool cool um help me get out of the <laughs> right. dungeon right. i don't really give a fuck about you know <laughs> what's going on with your whole thing because she still thinks that he has like the face of a lizard she's like i don't really know who erlang is or like am i am i in more danger now that i'm with him but whatever right so Basically, like they managed to, you know, that she gets out of the window or whatever. Um, Erling also explains to her that, like, yeah, there's a bunch of corruption going on. Also, apparently, Master Ayong has been like in the planes of the dead for like OD, like <laughs> mad long, like, like hell along. And everyone's like, bro, how is he still here? How is he still in the competition? Like, Mama should have gone to the planes of hell, like to the judges of hell, like literally centuries ago. Like, what is right. going on? So it's a whole, it's a whole corruption going on. Also, there's, like, flirtatious, like, tension between, like, Erlang and Lilan. But, and I was, like, bored. So I was like, girl, we skipping this. Um, but basically, Erlang's like, okay, Lilan, at this point, you literally have, like, three weeks to, like, get back to your body. Um, yeah. Shit isn't really looking great for you. But also, I kind of need you to investigate Master Ayon because, like, I feel like he might have some tea that might help your case. Mm-hmm. So, like, I know you just escaped from a dungeon, but, like, maybe go into his, like, quarters, which is, like, <laughs> still in the same property. And, like, hopefully everything works out. And, like... Okay, bye. Lilan's like, I feel like those are shitty options, but we don't really have a choice. So, because the only way she can get back into her body is if she her case gets through. So it's not like she can go back. She already tried, right? To like, if you go to part one, she already tried to just like sit in her body and be like, wake up, but it didn't work. So, right. So she's like, well, shit. I mean, I ain't got nothing else to lose. I mean, I literally already was imprisoned once. So <laughs> right. she ends up going into like the the quarters where like Master Ayong and all them are staying. And basically, she she get, like goes in. She's like running through the corridors. Um, she hears someone's coming, so she's like, oh fuck! So she just like runs into someone's room. Of course, it's Master Ayong's room. Of course, it couldn't have just been like right. a puppet <laughs> service room. It was his damn room. So she's like, oh my God, what? And so the second wife actually comes in. But before that, Lilan was like, okay, I need to hide. I need to hide. The way Master Ayong's bed was set up, like it was like kind of like boxed in. It had like a curtain. So she's like, okay, if I hide here, I could, I should be fine. Which, and so she sees that the second. Did that feel like, not to be that kid, I was like, are you really hidden? Like, <laughs> I feel like the second right. someone walked in, they would have been like, there's clearly someone behind the curtain. <laughs> but anyway. I just feel like you feel, like, you can feel when someone is there. Yeah. So, like, the fact that everyone was just, like, none the wiser, <laughs> I'm <laughs> like, I, I know we're in the afterlife, but girl, what? Right. So, fair, basically, she's, like, it. hiding in the bed. Uh, the second wife is, like, kind of fuddy-duddying around in the room, starts <laughs> writing some shit down. Master Ayong comes in. She's like, God damn, not only it's two of y'all in here. Right. So 
they start talking. It gets like very like sexual, and it's like, oh my god, what is happening? But right. also, we know that like, so we can so from their interaction, we know that Master Ayong is like super corrupt and like definitely paying people off to like being the, mm. planes, of the de- planes of the dead and stuff. So Lee Lin's like, okay, cool, cool, good to know. But also too, like Master Ayong and the second wife start like making out and are and are basically about to have sex. And so Lee Lin's like, oh god, look, like, right. I'm in the bed. Like I feel like if. There's any place they're about to be is this is this bed. So I need to figure something out. So she like crawls in this crevice between the bed and the wall and like ends up like on the floor, but like made a thump at the same time that like some other thump happened. It was just very again, very convenient. She's about to so get Lilo's, caught, but she, you know, I feel like love's right. on her side or something. So Lilan's literally under the bed while her supposed mom and Master Ayong are like fucking. Right. She's like, I actually cannot of all of my days. I how did I? What are the choices I made to end up in this situation? <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> literally. So she starts like making her way towards the door, but of course the door is locked. So she oh has to like God. unlatch it to try to like get out. But then Master Ayong's like. <gasps> what was that and like the second wife's like oh my god like what was that and then like Leland's like oh my god fuck and then of course at that exact moment Auntie 3 comes in sees Leland who's like hidden in the corner immediately understands the assignment and is like okay clearly you gotta get out so mm-hmm. I'm gonna make a distraction here so she's like hey Master Ayong do you wanna have a massage and he's like girl I'm clearly busy like no and she's like okay so she like cool, is like Leland cool, cool, cool. girl make your ass get your way through so like Auntie 3 and Leland escape they're like running through they like run into this other like cabinet area. Lilan like tells Auntie 3 all the tea about what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and Auntie 3 is like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, here's a map of the mansion just so you know like kind of what's going on and like right. all that. Like hopefully we can like get you out. And like Lilan's like, wait, but I have to go to Lim Tian Ching's room first though because I feel like he might have receipts. And like Auntie 3 is like, I mean like do you? And she's like, I <laughs> must. And I'm like, I'm just like, okay. Um, so just like Clearly is very uncomfortable with this whole idea. I feel like Auntie Three's reading the book too, and she's like, "Is this necessary?" She's like, "Yeah, that's what the like wrote." Like, can uh, Earl Lang do it? Like, can right? literally anyone else? <laughs> um. So basically, so she's like, "Okay, girl. Well, if you like it, I love it." And Leland's right. like, "Okay, girl, whatever." <laughs> So Leland starts making her way to Lim Tian Ching's room, but then of course, like runs into the great uncle who's like eat like just fucking reading a newspaper and shit. And like, but like he's like in the hallway, but thankfully his back is like to her. Yeah. So Leland like hides behind this like convenient like um I don't know what to even call it like a like a. Uh, like a slidey door basically she's like hiding behind this like door she hears Lim Tian Ching actually come in and talk to the uncle and be like girl you got me delivering all these packages to all these people Uh, it's so much oh my god I just want to be with Li Lan like you got me delivering all these packages likely for corruption like uh." and then Li Lan's like okay so you're definitely corrupt and also she like peeped the letter that like um that like uh the great uncle was reading Right. And it says something about like one of the like the sixth judge of hell, something, something, something. I'm super corrupt, something, something, something. <laughs> Lilan, please take this as evidence. And so Lilan's like, okay, bet. Like, I need to grab that. So she's like, I know I was going to go to Lim Tian Ching's room, but that letter that the great uncle is reading with Lim Tian Ching literally inches away, I have to somehow steal that and not get caught. Right. And I was like, Lilan, I just feel like it's just like what I'm going to do is take this orange. And I'm like, Lilan, I really did. So she like throws the orange. And she like takes the orange, she like throws it, it hits the wall. <laughs> and she like grabs the letter 
there and she's like I'm gonna like you know use this as a distraction make my way off and then of course she runs into like a puppet servant who starts like scrapping with her and she's like bitch are you serious and they're like boxing and then of course they're making hella noise it's mad loud and like everything like falls over and like cracks like it was like the most it was like so loud and so like Lee Lon's like aggressively caught like there's literally no chance and she's like I'm gonna run my way off and of course like just it just doesn't so anyway, so Leland is uh, she was so stressed out from that incident. She actually passed out. She wakes up to like Lim Tianqing, like well, one she was in his room and he was like stroking her hair. It was like trying to like approach her. And when I tell you, Leland slapped mm. the dog shit out of Lim Tianqing. She slapped like. The slap was so loud. I felt like I heard it right. in Atlanta centuries later. I was like, God damn. Reverberated so, through the pages. Literally, I'm like, the fact that Lim Tianqing still even has a face is like pretty <laughs> wild. She, she slapped the mess out of him. <laughs> so um, so that was really satisfying for all of us. It we truly. loved it. Um, so Lim Tianqing is like, okay, um, that was a lot, but here's the thing, Lilan, like, I know you're obsessed with Tian Bai, but, like, he's still a murderer, and, like, he's the one who killed me, and, because he gave me this tea that, like, I had right before I died, so, like, clearly he's the one who, like, did it, and then, like, Lilan weirdly was like, wait, but didn't Yan Hong, like, have the teacup that, like, killed you, and she, he was like, wait, what? And she was like... I should probably do a better she job like, of knowing who. She's like, ooh, who knows what? Ooh. Like, I gotta, I gotta keep better track of the shit. And he was like, well, shit, it doesn't matter anyway because like Tian Bai fucking murdered me. And also, by the way, like, you know, there was a whole scandal when he lived in Hong Kong because like, you know, he was studying to be a doctor, but he fell in love with this like half Portuguese woman, and like, you know, they had this whole like illicit affair, and like he Loki might have had a baby on her, and it was like all this shit going on. So like, that's why he had to come back. And then Lee Long was like. <gasps> wait what and he was like yeah mm-hmm, that's the t- that's what's happened mm-hmm, that is the truth yes girl and Leland's like wow that's that's wild and Lim Tian Cheng's like yeah it is but um we're getting married so it's fine <laughs> so he leaves so that like they can get married and like Leland's like oh my god like fuck so she's like about to like be married to Lim Tian Cheng but of course like she like uses the scale to call Erlang and Erlang's like hey and Leland's like you were you just here the whole you you were just watching all. You couldn't have just like. Do I really have to use the scale? To be fair, he can't like get to the plane of the deck because he has a lot of chi. So he has it's actually actually hard for him to get there. And like earlier, he basically said, "If you hadn't called me, I, I actually can't get here." I thought I could, but it looks like I was mistaken. You're like, aren't aren't you the? Aren't you an official? Don't you know how this works? And he's like writing a paper. I'm sorry, what? And you're like, okay, whatever, <laughs> whatever. Right. Like. A mess. So. Basically, he comes and she's like, she tells him about the letter and all this other shit. And he's like, okay, cool. That sounds like great evidence. Um, I'm going to help you get out of here. Hmm. So Erlang leaves the room and does something, causes hella chaos. Yeah. Leland's able to like kind of like sneak her way out. And like she's like running through because, of course, Auntie 3 gave her that map. So she kind of knows like kind of where to go and what to do. And so she makes it outside. She's about to like leave and get on like her horse and all that shit. Um, Ends up talking to Auntie 3, who actually tells her that like, She's actually Lilan's mother. Um, And the reason why she, you know, looks a lot older and all of that is because she actually used a lot of her sort of spiritual energy to make sure that Lilan survived the whole smallpox situation when it came to her house. Mm -hmm. And that basically she's been working in the, in the limb household for, um, 
I guess just is, is it out of necessity? Like she just yeah. is like I just needed. Yeah, well, if you remember, to... like her one, she can't go back to the house where her offerings are because the third concubine's there wreaking havoc. And two, her father. I mean, I think if you read part one, all he ever does is burn love letters. He's not even really burning food like that. So she's like, I don't have right. any prospects out here because her father is like doesn't right. believe in stuff, and Ama kind of does, but I feel like the dad kind of doesn't do like let that yeah. happen accepts. so anyway continue. yeah so it's just kind of like oh well damn that's kind of sad and then like Lilan's like well do you want to come with me and like you know her mom was like well you know like I'm I'm like a little too frail like you should make your way back home like you actually have a life to live like mm. but know that like I was here you know protecting you and all of that like I love let you. me down girl Aww. it was very sweet and I was like oh damn but then Lilan's like, well, I need to get on this horse and get the fuck out of here. So thank you so much, Mom. Fawn's I not even you. Fawn's not even at the house anymore. Fawn's gone. Yeah, Fawn like left. Like she's mm-hmm. like gone. So Lilan's like, shit, I gotta catch up to her. So Lilan gets on like her horse and she takes off. She runs into she calls Erlang again just to like check in and like he's just like super beat the fuck up. Like he mm-hmm. shows up just like bleeding everywhere, just looking a mess. And she's like, Oh my god, oh god. <laughs> um well, he was trying to buy her time. So he was like fighting off the border demon people. He also like told Fawn to wait and not go in yet. And then he had to like boot back into Auntie Auntie Three to get her the horse. So he's been like doing a lot of stuff and then he you know, fighting the demons and I guess I, I don't know. He, yeah, he's bleeding. Some, yeah, it's just a lot of shit going on. Lilan's like, oh my God, that's wild. And then, like, the weird birds from, like, part one start, like, coming after them. And, like, Lilan, like, takes some meat that, like, Auntie Three had given her and, like, drops it on the ground to distract them momentarily. But eventually, they catch up to them and, like, start attacking them. And then Erlang turns into a whole dragon and starts fighting them off and yeah, Lilan's like I've just seen a number of things in my time in the Plains of the Dead and frankly <laughs> I'm ready to get the fuck home I am so tired <laughs> like you are a dragon okay girl sure so basically because of the distraction she's able to make it back to to fan at the at the gate where they could like leave the Plains of the Dead but she sees in the distance that like Erlang while it looked like he was winning at first like it start he starts like losing the battle against the like pterodactyls so like basically he kind of sacrificed himself to make sure that Lilan could escape mm-hmm. so, yeah. yeah uh so lilan is understandably a little devastated she's like great arlong died protecting me um this is the worst meanwhile fun's kind of acting suspicious she's like asking a lot of questions she's like i thought you were from the heavens she's like i'm not from the heavens you said you're from the heavens she's like look fun I'm, I'm not from the heavens she's like well where are you from she's like I'm, <sighs> my name's lilan part of the lawn family She's like, cool, 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 cool. And Leon's like, I really wish Fawn would take a hint. So they're mm. walking through this creepy, dark <laughs> corridor. Asking all these fucking questions. Like, I'm clearly traumatized, girl. Right. I'm tired. I got my sandalwood horse. I don't know. I have strange feelings for Arlong, but maybe I'm in love with TM. But look, it's very complicated for me. I, my mom just showed up. Anyway. So Fawn's like, yeah, interesting, interesting. Um, yoink. And she pushes her into the wrong door on purpose. <sighs> oh my so. God. Only Fawn knows which is the right door because Leon can't see any of the doors because she's still alive. So Fawn very creepily is like, hee hee hee, sorry sis. And then like shuts her out. And it's very like um, Us, you know the movie Us, where the mm, her twin like yeah. tricks places with her. And then Fawn like has this like creepy dead face as she shuts the door. Leon wakes up and she's 
not in Malacca because she's definitely in a jungle. She's like, right. great. <laughs> like aggressively not Malacca. She's like, where am I? And she's like looking around. There's not that many spirits. It's almost like no one. It's a very abandoned place. No one's lived there for so long that there's not even spirits around. And she's like, okay, I think I'm still in Malacca. I mean, Malaya. I have a horse. And I'm trying to call Arlong, but he's not answering probably because he's not alive. And she's like, okay, well... Fawn said she's never gone into another door and she probably wouldn't have just pushed me. She wouldn't know how far where I was when she pushed me. So I'm probably Mm. close-ish to where I'm supposed to be. So she gets on her Mm -hmm. horse and she starts riding through the jungle. She gets a distance and she's like, oh, yeah, Malacca, I see it. It's just down there. Like I can literally see the tops of the building. So she starts riding and riding, but it still takes her about a week to get to the the town because like as we said in the ghost world <laughs> time is just a mess oh, honestly honestly a time is a little it's a, it fluctuates for plot convenience but i won't get into it so anyway so she gets to the town <laughs> and she's like hmm i know i haven't been home for a long time and i know i'm definitely ta- turning transparent but this would be a good idea and a good time to mm. see my lover tm bye and you're like uh, <sighs> I mean, is it it might be the worst time, but so she rolls up into his business and he's speaking a bunch of different languages and he's, you know, doing business things, has a lot of action. She's like, oh, look at my baby speaking languages. Uh, Come on, business. I'm just like, okay. (laughs) And she's kind of like, is there time for this? Right. Is there time for this? And you're like, oh, she's like, it kind of makes sense that his uncle favors him over um Tianqing. But any case, she's like, but he's definitely like not doing anything evil, quote unquote. So she's like, okay, Tianbai, go to sleep so I can talk to you in your dreams. So he goes to sleep and uh, maybe he's taking a nap or something. Um and they have this whole back and forth and she, he's like, Oh, I'm so happy to see you. And he's she's like being very flirtatious and Lilan's like, wait, mm. weren't you gonna marry that that character from that subplot about the the string right, the, with the, the, the horse moon, face? <laughs> with the horse face. And he's like, <laughs> Well, he she doesn't say that. She's like, Your fiance is gonna be furious and he's like, I don't think my fiance would mind. And you're like, Well, we're really we're really hiding the ball here. And then she's like how could you do this? You're just like uh, Lim Tian Ching. And then he's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, you're going to cheat on your wife. And he's like, Leon, my wife is you. And she's like, huh? And he's like, what? And she's like, how and when I'm indisposed? So how could I possibly? He's like, no, you, you woke right. up. You know, you're awake. And she's like, I woke. I woke up. And he's like, yeah. And she's like, touches her body, touches his body, touches the table, touches her horse, touches Marcy, touches Uncle. She's like, I'm not <laughs> I I'm definitely not alive. So there's like, wait, who are those two other people over there? And then Leland's like, girl, it's, it's a long story. Like, She's like, I don't know. Like it's girl's a dream. <laughs> and Tian Bai's like, is this is this a dream? Is this oh is Akko the dream maker in here? Oh, it must be a dream. <laughs> Come on, foreshadowing. Yes. <laughs> so once he says that, of course, they all wake up and well he he she gets thrown out of his dream. So she's like, Oh, okay, I'm gonna hurry home because apparently someone is in my body. So she gets there, opens the door, like slams it open. No one can hear it because she's a spirit and she sees her body <laughs> animated. <laughs> like eating rice with her family making noise and she's like how did i did i not she's like is that fun is that fun and Juan's like it's me bitches right <laughs> guess who's back <laughs> like some bad 2000s reality tv show right it felt very like yeah real housewives or like some i don't even know <laughs> and so she's like 
And and Fawn's actually treating all of the guests, all the um, everyone terribly. Her she's treating Ama terribly. Old old yep. Wong, her dad. She's like yep. Ma demands. Mm-hmm. She's super mean. Yep. So Lilan mm-hmm. confronts her. And she's like, "Yo, Fawn, what? I thought we were cool. I thought we were homies." She was like, "Ha ha 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 ha. We're not homies at all. I'm evil. Not this cackle. Oh, she cackles." So Leland goes and finds old Wong and she's like, um, hey, still here. And he's like, uh, but I told you not to leave your body unattended. And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody told me something. All right. And he's like, OK, well, here's the thing. I think we got to go. To be fair, to old Wong went in on Leland. Like he was like screaming at her. Yeah, he was. Mad. I was like, oh, because he's like, how are you going to you're going to die? Like if you don't have your body, how are you going to get the spirit out of your body? Like you're going to. This is a very bad situation. And she's like, look, okay, I tried to jump in originally the first time, but I had to go do this whole court case. He's like, actually, I don't want to hear. I don't need to know everything that happens after you die. So he's like, look, Mm. we got to take you to talk to a medium from part one and get an exorcism. But two things. One, bad luck for your upcoming wedding. And Leland's like kind of irrelevant. It's not me in that body. So I'm really already in a bad luck situation. And he's like, cool, cool, good point. (laughs) (laughs) Point two um the medium might just exercise both of y'all and she's like ah that would be counterintuitive so later tm bike comes to talk to lilan who's actually fun um and they start you know making out or whatever and he's like you know in the middle of these like sensual kisses he's like you know hey i had this like a weird dream and lilan's just sitting in the room like how do i keep ending up in these sex adjacent scenarios and fawn's like a weird dream what <laughs> what kind of weird dream she's like yeah he's like i don't know lilan was there and also these two characters i've never <laughs> seen before very dark skinned had weird american accents even though america's like kind of not really a thing although it's sort of a thing um but anyway yeah they were talking and they were all talking talk about these plot points something about the plan of the dead something about murdering my cousin and fawn's like look Look, doesn't that sound suspicious to you? <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, that's a good also, point. Also, I <laughs> love. I also I love how Tian Bai, two fan who was in Lee Lan's body, would be like, yeah, you know, Lee Lan was there. She's like, wait, so I was <laughs> like, you were like, you were there. <laughs> Vaughn makes these same oh points, and he's, she's like, clearly it was just a bad dream. You know, you gotta be suspicious of dreams because they lie to you. And then Leela remembers there's like an expiration date on her life. So she's like, I got to go find this median. So she starts to run off to find the median. But she becomes too weak because her chi is, is slowly, you know, leaving her body. No one's leaving her any offerings or taking care of her anymore because, you know, right. they think she's alive. So right. she calls, calls Arlong one more time. Just, you know, why not? At this point, she's out of options. And Arlong literally rolls up and he's like, oh, hey. And you're like, no, oh, hey, me. This is not a casual situation. I'm dying. <laughs> Um, and she's like, I can't get back into my body. So he's like, hey, you know, your help, your information is really helpful. Your case is being processed. And she's like, great, 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 great. Still becoming transparent. So not that helpful. And Arlong's like, what? Whoops. Yeah. Um, I guess I shouldn't have told you to stay away from your body for so long. Uh, you should probably just like go back to that. She's like, can't. And he's like, why not? She's like, fun. And he's like, shit. I didn't think about that. She's like, awesome. Right. (laughs) She's like, awesome. Glad that you're so good at your job. Anyway, I have two dying wishes. So if you could just like fight it in your heart to do those things, that would be great. And he's like, okay, sure. I mean, I guess I kind of screwed up the other part. So what's up? She's like, okay, take care of my family. One. He's like, cool, cool. Got it. Takes out his clipboard. Starts writing it down. She's like, you don't need a clipboard. Second part. Can I see your face? 
And he was like, that's it? She's like, yeah. I mean, he kept saying it was like a beautiful pace and people fall in love with you. And if I'm going to die anyway, might as well see it. And he's like, all right. So he takes off his little hat thingy. And it turns out he's the most beautiful man. Oh, my God. Um, Mm. Yeah, he's a smoke show. And so even (laughs) Leland's sitting there, she's like, huh, he's a smoke show. And Arlong's like, wait a second. Um, I suddenly remembered the plot. I need you as a star witness in my corruption case. So you actually (laughs) can't die. And she's like, cool, 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 cool. Only because of the case, not because you would otherwise like me to live. But uh, (laughs) heard you. Heard you. Thanks. Lovely. And so he's like, okay, so maybe you should take some chi. And she's like, yeah, sounds illegal and amoral. And he's like, well, I wouldn't tell you to do something illegal. You can take some of my chi. And basically, I mean, it's basically like a metaphor for making out, which they don't need to make a metaphor because the two of them actually, anyway, whatever. So they, yeah. it's he's like giving her, blowing breath into her body or her lungs. And yes, it's like super sexual. And like, I sat mm-hmm. there and was like, wow, we sure read like a lot of sexual adjacent things. Like we have the stone sky where they're eating the, when like, What's his name? Hoa is eating Eason's like stoned body. And anyway, I was like, that's, should we like delve into that as like a cultural practice? You're like, oh, I'm not really against it. Maybe it's like talking about the energy exchange between two people. And you're like, Akko, we really don't have time for this. And you're like, oh, you're right. So they, meanwhile, while Akko was like diatribing about like the cultural relevancy of fantasy sexual activities, Lilan was still taking the life out of Arlong's body <laughs> and they got really carried away. And so they finally separate and Arlong's like, whoo, man, uh, you took about 50 years off my life there, kiddo. And she's like, what? 50 years? I'll give it back. And he's like, uh, cool, cool, cool. I'm a dragon. So I live for thousands of years. And Leelong's like, uh, you seem really calm about this. And I was like, yeah, a little too calm, like almost a little satiated. And he's like, look, hey, done not until you tried it. Mm. Anyway, so Leelong rushes home and sees Fun yelling at a ma who has spirit paper to protect from evil, evil spirits, which Fun is. So she's pissed that Amma has them and her father is still upset because the whole median thing and the supernatural is how Lilan ended up in a coma in the first place so he's you know on Lilan who's actually Fawn's side but suddenly an ox-headed demon pulls up to collect Lilan oh and Fawn's like <laughs> I, I actually think Arlong sent I think Arlong sent the demon but we'll see what happens anyway well we won't mm. see we know I think that Arlong sent him but he's like I'm Border Patrol, Fod. Oh, whoops. Hold on. He was like, I'm here to collect Lilan. Are yeah. you Lilan? And she's like, Um, yes. And uh, I mean, I'm alive. And then, um, yeah. Akko right. Came, yeah. She's like, mm. I'm just here for, you know, a scam. I'm not really Lilan. And the Border Patrol's like, Oh, I 0% care. So it, basically, this whole conversation is going on. And Amma and Lilan's father can't see it. So they're like, oh, well, um, Amma's like, I have these spirit papers. Looks like this is a perfect time to use them. So she slaps it on Lilan's face and Fawn's spirit's forced out. (laughs) (laughs) Lilan jumps back into her body. (laughs) Oh, my God. And she's like, woo, I'm back. Um, This is great. But it's actually kind of not wonderful, strangely, because... She had so much freedom in the spirit world. And now it's hard to be in this sort of confined life with patriarchal rules that don't allow her to do much. And Tianbai kind of didn't notice when she was possessed, which makes it 
hard for them Yikes. to continue the relationship. She was also not as impressed by him as she used to be. You know, when she first fell in love with him, she was kind of naive and sheltered. And now she's done so much. So she's, you know, feeling a little dis- disenchanted with life. Plus, Tim by may still be a murderer. We haven't really figured that out yet. Yeah, not is it, he. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So one day, Old Wong goes to the Lim Mansion, and she's like, "I'm coming with you to kind of see what's up." And Old Wong, even Old Wong, is like, kind of reading the book, and he's like, "Can't you just let like sleeping dogs lie?" And she's like, "No." <laughs> so <laughs> she goes and she sees Yan Hong, and basically, Yan Hong kind of mentions that maybe she was responsible for Tia for uh, Lim Tian Ching's death. But she's like, it's definitely not Tian Bai. He definitely had nothing to do with it. He really loves your family. He loves you. He's like paying off your father's debt. Like, he's honestly, if there's any character who's not a problem, it's Tian Bai, except for the fact that he didn't realize you were possessed. But other than that, you know, he's, I mean, he did. <laughs> Generally not problematic. <laughs> um. So, but she does like, she's kind of like, you know, maybe it's kind of, um me but i'm not saying it so madam lim overhears this and basically is like she admitted to it young hung's a murderer madam lim is um lim tian ching's mother and she's like you did it you're the murderer yan hung and leon you're here so she pushes both of them into a well that's conveniently standing there between the both of them oh my god so they manage to catch themselves before they fall completely down and leon pushes yan hung out of the well and it's like go get help save us so she's like um but maybe she'll never come back for me <laughs> which i never thought about but leon like slides <laughs> to the bottom of the well and it's like huh well you know it's it might be a sad life but it's an interesting life and i was gonna die before so honestly i kind of got a couple of extra months or years on this and then she kind of she's like oh wait i still have that magical stone which i guess might still work so she blows on it and Arlog rolls up again into this well, and you're like, Arlog, you're like always here. <laughs> He's like, Yep, I'm right here for plot convenience. So she's like, Cool, cool, cool. And they start making out ferociously because why not? And he <laughs> explains, <sighs> He's like, Hey, so here's the thing you're gonna have an extra long life because I give you a lot of chi, and I'm a dragon. You're also not going to age, which it's going to start creeping people out after a while. It's going to start being suspicious. But hey, you could still have a good life with old boy. And she's like, huh, not not getting some really great prospects here. And he's like, well, look, here's the thing. You marry old boy. Then in 70 years, when things get too much to handle, I'll roll up and we can just be married and you can hang out with me. And she's like, you're really going to come back in 70 years? She's like, he's like, honestly... I kind of like my woman a little older anyway. You're a bit young, which is true since she's 18 and he's a dragon who lives for thousands of years. So she's like, cool, 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 cool. Anyway, she's like, but he's like, honestly, my life is not that glamorous though. Like I go from house to house, like looking for demons, doing detective work. And I was like, honestly, that kind of sounds cool. And Leland's like, yeah, I agree. That kind of sounds cool. He's like, well, um, my plot point's now over. So I'm going to disappear. Tell me in two weeks how you feel about this. (laughs) So Leland's like, huh, interesting. Luckily, Tian Bai rolls up at this very minute and pulls her out of the well. And he's like bleeding slightly because apparently Madame Lim tried to stab him too off stage. And you're like, well, we would have loved like, to see that plot point. 
Oh yeah, Arlong also tells her while he's still here. So like roll back the tape a little bit. He's like, oh by the way, Lim Tian Ching's in jail. Your uncle, his uncle's in jail. Master Awog, who no one cared about, is in jail. She's like, what happened to Fun? She's he's like, I don't know. She dissipated or something. And you're like, huh? All that happened off screen. He's like, all that happened off screen. She's like, oh, <laughs> a lot has been happening when I've been in this jail. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, <laughs> Similar to him, Bai had a whole <laughs> a whole plot point off screen with his with Madame Lin. We got ten pages of Lilan being mad as shit at Fawn for like just being in her body as shit, but all mm-hmm. that shit just okay. off screen. So anyway, second so, wife, no idea. Okay, right, well. second wife, we don't know. What was she write on the paper? We'll never know. But she, so TM Bai is like interesting. Yeah, there's a whole lot of plot points that happen while you weren't on screen. But now that we're both on screen, I'm gonna take you back to your house. You know, can we delay the marriage since we got to figure out what's happening with Madame Lim? And you're like, I was like, nothing's really happening with her. I mean, she lost her son and found out who the murderer was. And in fact, if we're being honest, the people acting pretty cavalier about this are everybody else in society. Like, I know Tian Bai wasn't, um, Lim Tian Ching wasn't a great guy, but he did get murdered. And everyone's like, so anyway, I think that we should still get married. Yang Hong's like, honestly, I'm moving to Singapore with my husband, which kind of sounds like fleeing a murder, but we're just going to let it go. And then Tian Bai's uncle's like, hey, Leon, I could pay for your education in England. You know, you could go do that and have power or something. And she's like, yeah, huh? I'm a little disenchanted with life and... I still have to tell Arlong like how I feel or if I want to go with him. So she's like, do I want to stay with Tian Bai, who's reliable and reasonable and loving and who I don't care for anymore? Or do I want to go on like random detective adventures with Arlong and maybe see my mom again and maybe ride my sandalwood horse? And so as the book closes out, she's like, you know what? When Arlong comes back, I'm going to tell him that I want to be his bride. And yeah, we kind of all slow capped, confused, and left the, the, yeah. the theater unceremoniously. But yeah, it was a good ride, though. Uh, we were like, wait, what? Is she gonna, are we gonna figure? They're like, the rest happens off screen. And we're like, cool. Right. Cool, cool. Anyway, nice. so that is the end of a ghost, <laughs> The Ghost Bride. They're like, really? You're like, that's the end. So when we get back, we are gonna discuss our thoughts and feelings. Sounds good. See you on a bit. And we're back. Woo. So, like we always do, we'll just kind of give our, I guess, overall thoughts and then get into the nitty and the gritty. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> this book is really interesting. It kind of gives me, like, kingdom of souls part two a little bit in that like but not as not nearly as like ridiculous as as that book was (laughs) like okay i found that like there are just some issues with this book as far as like pacing and like you know just some of the some, some other details that we'll kind of get into but like overall i just found it really interesting like i could like barely put it down like the part where like lilan was like in the dungeon or like when um after like you know fan was like in her body and she was like what the fuck is going on here like you know when she was like pushed into the well with like yan hong like it was just like so much interesting shit like it was just very captivating in a way that i was Mm -hmm. like i just really appreciated like the writing and like just how 
the scenes were depicted because they really did like catch you as a reader. I was like, yeah, what? like I, I would literally pick up the book and be like, okay, I'm gonna read like ten pages, and then be sitting there for two hours reading like fifty. You know, like it's just like I was just like it, that happened a lot. So really, really interesting. Definitely enjoyed just like kind of the reading experience. Overall thoughts, like I. I mean, certainly, I I, I, I like the book. You know, I like Leland's character. I, I kind of like this grand adventure she sort of went on. Ultimately, though, at the end, like, I know, I don't know, going off with Erlang was considered, like, oh, like, a level up or, like, an upgrade. But, like, eh, I'm still kind of, like, eh, I just feel like there, like, I, I, I wish there was a way for Leland to still achieve that same degree of freedom without any of these motherfuckers. Because both Tianbai and Erlang, to, in my opinion, weren't really, like... Both had some pretty glaring issues that I was kind of like, I'm not, I'm not, you spending the rest of your, like, a damn near eternity with this man. I don't know. I just, <laughs> yeah, that, the the ending there, I'm just kind of like, huh, I don't know. But it, it, it was kind of a nice journey to to get there. Also, I, I'm sorry, I just found it hilarious when Yan Hong was like, yeah, Lilan, you know, like after, you know, the whole well incident, um, she was like, yeah, you know, I... I did it. I was the one that killed Lin Tianqing. <laughs> like, it was me. And the whole book was just like, we don't really care. We just don't. We don't care. We don't care. No one cares. <laughs> we literally don't care. And I was like, that is hilarious. Um, But yeah, I don't know. So kind of a quirky reading experience. Certainly some things that I'm like, I'm, I'm not sure if other books would have gotten away with some of the pieces here. But like, it was a charming ride. I liked the adventure. I enjoyed it. What did you think? Yeah, I I really liked it. I think one, the descriptions are really beautiful. I like mm-hmm. they're whimsical and creepy and magical and the world building is really, really cool. I think she takes, you know, it's mainly Chinese mythology and mixes it into this sort of real world situation in a way that I found really compelling and, and just sort of gorgeous. I, I can't overstate how gorgeous her writing style is it's it's amazing definitely you really get you really feel you know like you're in the world that she's describing the food Mm -hmm. scenes and the cooking and you know the haunting ghouls and there was a scene where she was like talking about how in the plains of the dead there was like this huge mansion but in the real world was actually like a creepy forest which everyone never went into because they could you know hear like creepy like cackling voices but it's so that juxtaposition right like oh (laughs) this like beautiful scene in the ghost world is actually like this very creepy haunting scene and the real world i I just love that fantasy element of it and and the fact that you know time and space bends in this place so that there's houses on top of houses and streets that lead to nowhere or somewhere it was really cool to like be in that world Mm. i also want to point out that her descriptions of people are not skin tone based, which I really, really, really appreciated. Um, mm-hmm. I noticed because there wasn't much talk about people blushing, but there was a lot of talk about, you know, the way people's faces emoted. And when I read it, I was mm-hmm. like, this is, I don't know if it's because, you know, Malaysia is a place where like a lot of different races and a lot of different skin tones exist. And so she was conscious of that. I don't know if that's a conscious choice or she just writes like that. Either way, I thought it was. Really, I really like that. I think people take an easy way out with descriptions. And it, when you take the easy way out with descriptions, you typically are going to describe in a very Eurocentric fashion. Um, mm. So in my mind, when I was reading, I was like, wow, she really watches people's faces and actually 
draws people's faces with her words. So I really like that. Mm. I really liked the like complexity of family. Um, you know, when she went into the plains of the dead, there were things that were unresolved. There were issues. There were ancestry. And there's a point where um, Yang Hong's like, you know, marry Tian Bai, and you guys just like cut off all this ancestral stuff. And her point, I don't think her point, well, she could have many points, but we forget in older empires or older ways of beings, families were kind of restrictive. Like the thing restricting you was your ancestry, was this long history that everyone was carrying with them. And a lot of mm. the reason people moved around or left was to escape those very like ties that bind. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. It's just like you forget about what past empires or past cultures or past people were restricted by. Like what was the system that was restricting them. And I know a lot of people like talk about this and like there's a lot of different cultures how family can be well hell <laughs> in America too. But anyway, the point is it was really interesting to see the sort of cultural complexity and like the the corruption of the afterlife and how that affected the the real world and I don't know, I found that really intriguing. I found it <laughs> it was like a good metaphor for the ways we live in the real world and i don't know i really enjoyed it yeah yeah it's interesting you say that because as far as like kind of the continuation of like the bullshit of the real world into the afterlife and all that shit like you know i found that i still find it really kind of haunting and unsettling that like something like labor would need to exist in the afterlife and that like you know people would have to like do all this shit just to like kind of stay afloat and if you don't have like the resources tied to Mm -hmm. your you know sort of i guess alive family then like you're just kind of like forced into a certain type of life and and it i'm I'm still like i still struggle a lot with that image um but at the same time it kind of does kind of create a larger sense of urgency to like really enforce like just more equity just across the board because like if the if the if the station is such that like wherever you are in life is going to continue into death it's just like well shit like i mean right right it adds a whole like almost like multi-realm importance and like urgency to like fix this shit and like not like have such like stark you know income inequality like it's just you know it'd be ideally i mean again i don't think we should like the afterlife should need money or like capital or goods but like if if that is like a system that's happening like (laughs) at least why is it not like right at the very least it's like okay well shit we were just pulling together the things and everyone's just getting like enough like enough to just like at least have like kind of a yeah. semi-pleasant experience before they go into the judges of hell and all that shit you know like it's just like god damn right. um so i don't know i just i definitely but i but i like the reframe as far as like it does kind of add that urgency to do something in this life it's like okay we, we can't just assume that like oh well, girl this isn't my problem or oh girl future generations is like no literally everyone needs to be on board to get their shit together because like girl like all of us are at stake here all of us right. <laughs> so and um so yeah i agree with that and also like you know, if we think of the afterlife as, because I, I said rather vaguely, I guess, in part one, um, that like, you know, if if you, the afterlife without the human component is something else entirely. What I mean by that is, our, you know, like relativity, like we are, the way we see the afterlife is our imagination of it. Without our imagination of it, like mm. it could be anything, right? But, right. Oh, my point, major point with that 
kind of after reading the second part is that how our social structures change our imaginations and therefore change the way we view the afterlife, right? So cap the capitalist structure of the world that we live in changes the afterlife. And Lilan kind of touches on this and she was like, I wonder what the, the afterlife is for like someone of a different Malaysian race, someone who's Indian Malaysian or someone who's native Malaysian. Like, I wonder mm-hmm. what their afterlife is like because in a sense, the way we see the world changes the way we see we imagine things uh, the scope Mm. of what we can imagine and so i thought that was interesting too right like the inequities of this world if the afterlife is less of the afterlife and more of our imagination or both i don't know it could be whatever (laughs) the question is how do the structures we set up you know create the ethereal like or limit the way Mm. we can imagine the ethereal or maybe not limit, but dictate. You know, it, it influences the way we see that which we can't see. So yeah, that was kind of cool. I got to be honest, I kind of like Arlong. <laughs> I do. Really? Yeah, I thought, I, I thought, first of all, I, I do think there's like sexism in this book, obviously, um, because they live in like, well, because there's always sexism, honestly. Um, but it's like, is this a temporal issue or just like... <laughs> right? It's really just a little right. thing. But I do think what was cool about Arlong and also Tianbai is they actually do do things to ha- help the main character. Um, they actually like do mm. substantive things. Like Arlong does put his life on the line multiple times. Tianbai does bring her a horse. He doesn't always believe her, but um, he they're they're not bad men I, I thought they're flawed characters but they weren't bad men and i do think she and that was basically she had leon had agency in the sense that she was like i not, one of these people isn't a villain and one of these people isn't good i just have to choose what life i want to live do i want to live the mm-hmm. life with tian or do i want to live the life with arlong i felt like she was more of herself with arlong i mean he <laughs> the quips were like mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of annoying but in a sense i i did get what the author was getting was trying to get out, which mm-hmm. is this sort of playful teasing dynamic of people who feel more egalitarian. Um, whereas Lilan, I think, felt really kind of naive and less powerful t- than Tian, and indebted maybe to Tian Bai, even though she really liked him. Mm-hmm. And also, she was so young, so Tian Bai is like the first person she ever kissed, you know. <laughs> like, so she was like mm-hmm. swooned, and then she lived this whole life, and she learned more, and she was like, oh, you know. Tian Bai is a great person. It doesn't make him any less of a good person, but that's not the life I want to live anymore. And I found that really, really compelling. Actually, I, I liked it. I liked that she sort of chose um, to live a different life. And I also kind of liked that she didn't go to England. Like, that narrative of mm-hmm. like, oh, I can go to, like, you know, there's always this juxtaposition of like, I can see the world. I go to England and get an education, which I never would have gotten here. And she's like, no, I actually choose to be in my culture but be in my culture mm. in a way that's more freeing in this like weird detective ghost realm mm. thing, which I don't know, sounds kind of fun. Um, yeah. So I, I, I really liked Lilan's development. I thought she went from being a believably naive sort of <laughs> um, young girl who makes a lot of mistakes that you're like, wow, what a terrible decision. <laughs> but like, understandably to a character with like way more agency and like depth and understanding. And I thought that was cool. I thought that was a cool way to write the book. So, yeah. No, that's real. That's real. I mean, I agree. I don't think either, I, either of, you know, Tian Bai or Erlang are like bad people. I guess for me, sometimes I struggle with, um, 
sort of the Erlang situation just because it's like he's just so much older than her. I feel like that's always a part that I like in these kind of fictional realms of like, oh, I'm dating someone who's like damn near immortal, but like I'm of like legal adult age. It's like, <laughs> right. I mean, but like legal adult age, like that idea is like kind of scripted upon the assumption that uh-huh. we're all going to live like a certain time that. span when, right. When you're living like so long, like, I mean, yeah, 18, ver- shit, like 70 versus someone who was like a thousand. Like that's not like, yeah, that's a whole like truly that's an entirely different human development kind of scale so i think i always kind of struggle with like such huge time like age time differences um yeah age gaps and and also too just like you know erlang's like a dragon and like all this other shit and like yes he's reliable to like i I, like he did show up for lilan like i mean not not for nothing she kind of made it to the end of the book because of erlang (laughs) but like it was sort of i don't know like i I think too like i i guess i wish there was a little bit more reciprocity in their relationship like i wish there were more moments where like you know, like it wasn't just like, you know, Lilan being saved by Erlang, which again, nothing wrong with being saved by someone. I'm not trying to say like, right. oh, like if, you're, if you're in a vulnerable position, that's like speaks negatively to you or anything. But it just seems like there's just a lot of power tilted in Erlang's direction that kind of makes me mm. like, like, yes, like you're fun. But like also I kind of I don't know, like I, I, I hope that this doesn't become like toxic and weird, especially if like she's living with you in this afterlife situation. It's kind of like, right. well, I guess I mean, she would have lived that same. She she would have been alive anyway but yeah i don't know i i do agree with you like there's well i i agree with like this is why i like don't i'm not gonna get into how much i like or dislike twilight because i feel like that's an issue i don't want to get into but i do have a problem with Mm -hmm. like someone being like i'm 17 and this person and this is like what else this happens in like true blood this happens in like vampire diaries you're like okay if you've lived for hundreds of years aside from the fact that you just left led thousands of atrocities happens even though you're immortal and could have stopped them but you're oh. telling me the most interesting person you could find on the planet is 18 years old isn't that worrisome to you? <laughs> uh, right so i do agree with you i don't love that trope i will say in the story i did there is this like she did go through all this stuff in this other world where like time is not real you know she's been through a lot so i can and she's now gonna live so long that I could understand her being like, this role doesn't suit me anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I can't really, mm. I can't really talk to anyone. <laughs> like, she's like, and she kind of mentions that. She's like, I can't really talk to them about being in the planes of the dead or having like, you know, fighting a, a, a demon border control, a border patrol. You know, there's so much she can't <laughs> tell people about. And she doesn't want to scare them. Like, she, even with her mom, right. she doesn't want to tell a mom about her mom because she, 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 she aged age like a maturity very quickly throughout the book right because now she's holding all this information and she doesn't want a ma to worry she doesn't want her father to worry she just knows so much so i do think mm-hmm. that differentiates a little for me personally i think she could have married tm tm by lived out her life and then gone with arlong i was like i don't see an issue with that but people were like well she wouldn't have loved tm by i was like well she she could have loved him enough now <laughs> but i guess <laughs> not everyone... loved him enough <laughs> <laughs> right so i think everyone's like that's a very practical way of seeing it. it's not very romantic but i do think there was a, a bit of egalitarianism between arlong and lilan because 
well, one, he was like, uh, if you hadn't blown on this like rock thing, I actually couldn't have gotten out here because I'm actually not as good at my job as I like appear to be. I'm just apparently beautiful. Mm. But I think the scene I love the most, and I wish there was more of this to your point, is like the scene where Lilan has to save Arlong when he's like hurt and she like ties him she's like riding her horse and he's like yeah, go on, the horse, on yeah. without mm-hmm. me and she's like i'm just gonna tie you to my horse and like keep going because i'm not gonna leave you because you're gonna die and there was in that moment like she was exerting herself a lot to like save him and he needed to rely on her and so there was some parts in the book where i felt like they were being more egalitarian and were helping each other out which i liked but there wasn't a lot mm-hmm. of it to your point um yeah and you're right, yeah. like, why does the ending of a love story, why does the ending of the story have to be a love story anyway? Like, can't you just be your own little right. detective person, on, you know, doing whatever, but. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I agree. So, again, I mean, I'm not like, the I'm not like, I, I don't know, I'm just kind of like, okay, you've made your, you made your mind right. on this situation. So, I mean, I, I mean, sir, I mean, sir, it's, it's fiction. Like we, we don't know what's going to happen next. Um, but, right. but, but then yeah, I, it's just one of those things. Can I, I, I another thing, another thought. Mm-hmm. When I think about the present, I think about how much agency I have as a woman to do a lot of things just based on the intersectionality of my, the time space class race that I'm in whatever is that an agency that women in different cultures all the time have always had right like can i really say mm. well i wish she could have just gone off on her own and done stuff and you're like yeah in 18 1883 malacca that's how is that gonna happen and you're like you know she had right. the, like we, the options are presented to her right she could go to england she could marry tm by you know like she, i guess what i'm saying is like um I don't ever want to knock past women in the past for marrying. I think a lot of women marry to escape things as like Mm. a strategic option or they, you know what I mean? And not in like a disempowering way. Um, Some people would Mm. leave their countries and go with someone because they didn't want to like end up in a certain situation. You know, would it be great if we could all just be like, well, I'm just going to escape and do whatever I want. Sure. 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 Yeah. That would Mm. be wonderful. But I think it's almost like I, I don't want to ignore the limitations that sexism creates and has created in the past and how people navigate those, those limitations to have agency anyway. Um, mm. I don't, you know, that's, that's only my point because it ignores sort of the strength of women to make those choices and navigate those spaces in a way that looks different from patriarchal power, but is still, or what a a man could do or would do, but it's still strong Mm -hmm. and strategic in its own right. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, I just think about it. Cause if, if you put me in the past and I have these different options, like it's kind of like if your chess board is made out of like (laughs) marriage pieces, like you could still be strategic, you know, that doesn't make any sense. But if you're listening to me, audience, I I know, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like you're playing, I guess it's playing with the hands you've been dealt is what I'm saying. But um, right. anyway, anyway. That's real. That's real shit. Yeah. And there is, and with the options at present, I mean, Leland doesn't really have that many. And at the very least, it's like, to your point, you know, being in the spirit world does afford like 
more freedom, more more ability to travel, to to be yourself, to just kind of, I don't know, just kind of show up differently. And so, yeah, certainly not a knock to Lilan or I'm not, you know, I would never say that like she didn't have agency or anything like that. I guess it's just maybe just, it's just a frustration at the greater reality uh, to your point that like, I mean, yes, if these are options that she wants to take, like, great. But it, like the fact that it's like, there's not that many is like, what's more just like, damn. Yeah, like, disheartening, right? Does it have to be tied to Erling? Does it have to be tied to mm-hmm. Tiamba? I mean, yeah, you know, just, uh, yeah, just kind of coping with that. Yeah, I agree. Like that's like even Auntie Three or her mom having to trade her life so that Lilan will live and not just live, but not have smallpox scars because that would likely very much decrease her standard of living. You know, it's right. You see subtly the way, and it, to my point earlier about like um, the societies we create limits our imaginations. It's not just the afterlife; it limits right. It limits our choices in the real world too. Which mm-hmm. might not have been the point the author was trying to make, but I threw it in there, you know. That's that's real. I did want to say real quick. Um, what's that? No, no, you go. I feel like I'm just interrupting um, for no reason. Like Marcy's like, I'm trying to talk. I'll go anyway. Continue. <laughs> no, I just it's, it's a little bit of a pivot though. If you, so if you wanted to say something regarding no, no. what we just talked about, okay. Well, um, one other thing I just wanted to n- mention was um, I thought it was interesting how again the the real world sort of afterlife parallels are just really fascinating to me and like something i thought was interesting was that like in the afterlife like beauty was still sort of this form of like social Mm, capital and like all of that and it it was still very much youth focused um to the point where like you know uh auntie three trading her spiritual energy to to still exist and be alive but like to look much older was Mm -hmm. seen as like a trade-off right and like in the way in a way that was interesting to me because i'm like if it's the afterlife and people yeah. are presumably dying later in their lives, say <laughs> middle age and old age, like why are the beauty standards still so youth centric? Like, I, I don't know. That's something that I was just like, and I think it just speaks to the bigger kind of like, you know, the same inequities we see in life or the same ones we see in death. Even it, it just almost points to like just the absurdity and the nonsensical nature of it all. It's like, why, why is a youth standard of beauty? But how does that make any sense? In right. The right. You know, like that to me was like such a glaring, like, I don't even, I wouldn't even call it like a like a like a like an oversight or anything like that. But I think it really was sort of like a it, it kind of reframed that reality, um, right? And I was just like, huh, this is very really just shows like the impracticality, but also like just the like staunch like reliance on these types of norms that like mm-hmm. really don't make any fucking sense like at all and like con- both in the real world and also but especially in the afterlife, in the afterlife right and in a way it like turns I, this isn't this book isn't a satire but <laughs> in a way right to your point look we're making it a satire no anyway uh to marcy's point yeah it's absurd for youth to matter in the afterlife where ostensibly you're going to live either forever or you're going to be reincarnated. You know what I mean? Or you're going right. to turn into space dust. Um, but that that absurdity kind of makes you realize like how absurd it is in the real world that we care so much mm-hmm. about this thing that we have. And, and in, in a way, the way that like time space doesn't matter and the way nothing really mm-hmm. makes any sense in the planes of the dead. You start to see like how farcical these sort of social norms are, but also how restricting they are, like how much they truly do right. affect your life. Um, yeah. I don't know. Having it in the spiritual realm was kind of a cool way to sort of point out the flaws and our normal societal issues. 
in, in right. reality. So I think you make a yeah. good point about that youth thing. Great point as per usual. Thanks. Yeah. So just thought that was interesting. But um but aside from that, you know, this book is not, you know, not without its flaws, but certainly mm-hmm. overall I I do I did really, really like it. And even though I'm like, ugh, Tian Bai, ugh, Erlang. Like, I, just, I think for me with Erlang, I think it's just the, like his whole negging thing. I think that's just what bothers me about him. I'm like, why are you always just, ugh, whatever, it's fine. No, it's you're fine. right. There's definitely whatever. that trope of like, ugh, such an annoying woman. And you're like, what? <laughs> like, why? Right. It's like you're just constantly putting her down. And right. Like, that just, and then Tian Bai being know. like, I need a woman who stands by my side. You're like, girl, like, <laughs> chill out. Girl, shut up. Like, <laughs> yeah, so annoying. Um, <laughs> Fuck. I do think I would have liked to see, you know, I was reading up about Malaysia because sometimes I like to read. Um, and <laughs> I guess the show is evidence of that. But anyway, and <laughs> I did realize there's like a lot of different cultures, a lot of different types of people. And I, I would like to have seen sort of more of everyone else in society as well mm-hmm. um just because it's cool to kind of see other people i don't know entirely the politics of malaysia or anything like that but when i should i'll read some more okay i know a little bit but not enough to speak on it to an audience of people so um yeah but i thought it was i wanted to see more of that i wanted to see how these cultures interact and people talk to each other and i think that would have been cool too so I will say I did. I yeah. did want more than I didn't get it. So eh, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Still a good book. To Marcy's yes. point about the pacing, okay, I'm just gonna say this: the author is a great writer, and if she wasn't as great as she was, some of these pacing oh <laughs> issues would have been far more glaring. Because <laughs> if you notice at the end of this book, it got wild, and I was like, "There is so much happening," but you're like, "Okay," right. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, yeah, your writing is good, so I'm in it for the ride." Like, we'll see it to the end, but. <laughs> <laughs> so but i enjoyed it i really did i think if you're looking for something just fun to read mm-hmm. that's interesting and just beautifully written i think it's really worth reading yeah so absolutely couldn't agree more all right well <sighs> we don't have any quotes oh there were some funny lines in there though like there was a line where <laughs> Lilan was talking about arlo link and she was like i don't know he could like eat children or something or maybe he's just like <laughs> sowing seeds in a field and you're like Lilan, those are two very different like she's so flippant about <laughs> no, <laughs> the running gag about him having like a lizard's face was like fucking hilarious and i was just like and of course he's just like gorgeous also i, I don't know if this is intended to be funny but like the scenes were <laughs> the scenes where Leland and Erlang were making out were so I was screaming Leland was so damn dramatic like she was like 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 she's like oh my body turned to wax I felt like I was right. about to pass out I'm like was it was it that deep like a kiss oh my god I was like listen right. if you like it I love it but it was just it was giving Erlang so much I was like right so, this is so I'm like Leland is literally like circling around the earth several times during this kiss and I just don't really know what to do like I've just never well, kissed like thing, that. maybe though. I'm the issue maybe I just haven't had the experience <laughs> Asked, but I was both. just like, God damn. So yes, yeah, so I was literally like Key King reading that book. But yeah. <laughs> I, I found that page okay, it's so funny you mentioned that. I found that that section of the book hilarious. I don't know why. Mm. Every single thing, like between them like cackling in this well and whatever was going on, I was like, this scene is so 
funny. I can't stop laughing. Right. <laughs> but I was thinking about it. I was like, I've never kissed like a divine creature. Like maybe it is like a different experience. You know, like I've never right. made out with a dragon. Like no one has because dragons aren't real. And even if they were, they're probably not shapeshifters. <laughs> but like, right. <laughs> anyway, we're off topic. I, I do. I was like, well, I like the sexual freedom and agency here, but it was a lot. She was like melting into a pool in the bottom of the well. Right. That was already a well. And you're like, oh, this is too much. <laughs> like you said, though, you like it. I love it. <laughs> I know. I was just like, go on. And, and even, and again, going back to those... I feel like ever since you said to me, I just find it really weird that people will make out in like very high stakes situations, usually like immediately before death and like things like that. Yeah. And I'm like, ever since you said that, I'm like, I can't unsee it. Like every time it that happens, happening. I'm like, I mean, y'all are in a pretty, like, could mm-hmm. this happen later? Yes. Absolutely. It could happen. It doesn't need, doesn't you're still in the well, but nope. okay. Well, I will say I was impressed that it didn't happen when they were like trying to escape the pterodactyl beast creatures. I was like, honestly, that would have been chaotic. That would have been way too much. This time I was like, okay, honestly, you know, um, Lim Tian Ching has been jailed. So is his uncle. You got your body back. This is lower stakes than typical for when people make out, <laughs> but right. you're still in a well. So... <laughs> Anyway, th- thank you. Thank you for s- someone seeing my point about that. I, it's one of my pet peeves. And if you want to tell me mm. or Marcy about your pet peeves, you can add us at The Color Pages. <laughs> or you can leave a message on Twitter. our Instagram at These Color Pages. If you think we got the whole book wrong and y'all are like, y'all don't even know anything about the ghost bride, you know, Justice for Lim Tian Ching, whatever. You can email us at these color pages. Y'all can y'all can keep it. Just <laughs> y'all can have it. I'm not. Okay. Just be wrong. Uh, but okay, girl. <laughs> email us at these color pages at gmail.com. And we have a website, thesecolorpages.com, where you can figure out what's going on with us. What's what's you know, it, you know, it's the same thing that you would see on Spotify, but with pictures. So Right. Exactly. Some little blog pieces. But um, but yes. And also, you know, if this show brought you any love, light, delight, mm, yes, mm. please just feel free to leave us a little comment or a rating wherever you're listening to this podcast. Could be Apple Podcasts or not. Totally fine. Truly. Um, and also, if you just know someone in your life that you're like, you know what you need in your life right now? fucking dragon <laughs> making out scenes in a well like if that's like your tea then like feel free to just like send this along to that yeah. person like no context like don't even like just literally a link <laughs> and that's it like that's all it takes um we certainly love to see it because it helps our community to become even more just colorful and lovely and we we just we, we, we love to see the the engagement there we do um and also, we have updated our book list. I know y'all, some of y'all were like, oh, wow, like, look at y'all having a book list from the summer. <laughs> over. Cute, cute for you. So we have updated it. So you can now officially see what we're going to be reading next. And our next book will actually be my choice, which is called um, The Bone People by Carrie Holmes. So super exciting for a lot. Should be cute or whatever, whatever. But um. Between now and then, Aqua, is there anything else we should leave our listeners with before we head out? No, just until we see you next time. Remember to stay, stay colorful. colorful.